0: You're listening to the Degrees of Freedom podcast, conversations about higher education in the 21st century between students and teachers. Produced at the University of London. Welcome to another episode of Degrees of Freedom. My name is Tasha Sarampolis. I'm joined, as always, by Malcolm Davis. Hello, Malcolm. Hello. And, um... Today, we are going to be talking about specifications grading. We're talking about a method of assessment that is very dear to me. I've been using it for a few years now, and um, I'm a real believer. And joining us today, joining Malcolm and me today, we've got two colleagues, uh, colleagues from the Faculty of Behavioral and Social Sciences and also from Campus Friesland, who have been using specifications grading also. And we're very curious to hear... Uh, what they think of this method. We're curious to hear their experiences and how they see their students experience this. So let's, uh, let's bring our guests in. Vas.
1: Hi, hi, thank you for your kind invitation. I'm happy to discuss the topic. My name is Vas Verhadanova. I'm an assistant professor uh, of uh, speech and voice technology at University of Groningen in Campus Frislam. And I've been using specification grading for only one course that is still running. And I teach in two programs, in bachelor program, Global Responsibility and Leadership, and in master program, Voice Technology.
0: And where do you use specifications grading? Which of these?
1: In bachelor program, uh, so I do that for statistics course. Okay. So that's Intro to Stats.
0: And how many students are we talking about, just to provide the context?
1: 55.
0: 55, okay pass for welcome to degrees of freedom we're looking forward to talking with you about about your teaching about specification's grading Lauren Krook, um, you're not new to this podcast uh, you've uh, you've been a guest in the, in the past in a in a previous uh, season Correct. welcome back yeah thank you nice for having me again last year I was here talking about live streams
2: this year I could talk a bit more about specification grading my name is Lauren Krook. I am a lecturer in psychology the l- psychology department And I also have a uh, support role within the faculty with the beautiful title, e-learning coordinator. And I've been using specifications grading this year for the second year in a course that consists of almost 300 students, 300 psychology students in a Dutch cohort. So that's the course, Tassus and I co-teach, so to say. Tassus does the international
0: track, and I do do the uh, Dutch cohort. So maybe this is a good moment to sort of provide a little bit of context to all of this. Uh, Indeed, Lauren and I teach this course, Research Methods, um, in the second year of the Psychology Program. This is a course that I've been teaching for 15 years now almost. Um, In the current version for the last, I think, five, maybe four years, Uh, and it's in these four or five years that I've been using specifications grading to assess knowledge in this course or um, attainment in this course. And our context is 350 students in the international program taught in English by me, and about 350 students in the, in the Dutch program taught by Laurent. And we've got experiences with this uh, this methodology for, for a few years now. So, what the hell is specifications grading? This is, I think, a question that a lot of people have every time they uh, encounter this. Um, who wants mm-hmm. to give a give their own take on what specifications grading is Uh, I could start it's not
2: my my own take but there's a beautiful book from uh, Nielsen in 2015 called specifications grading of of course in specifications grading uh, there's a system of grading where all assignments within in a course are graded with a pass fail or satisfactory unsatisfactory and students earn points associated to those specific assignments a teacher can then bundle a series of assignments together, and students can choose per bundle a set of assignments to obtain a grade within the course. And bundles consist of assignments that are either more work or more challenging, or a combination of both. And based on their own motivation, their commitment, and interest in the course, students are able to choose this specific bundle to obtain the grade. Like I said, that is sort of the the. O- Official definition that we looked up, and I can imagine there's multiple
0: uh, interpretations of this one. Yeah. So already there are a couple of things that you said that that didn't sit perfectly with my understanding or uh, definition of specifications grading, or this isn't how I like to think about it. But Vass, how does that uh, how does that seem to you and your definition?
1: Well, I'm working with a very similar definition, maybe not with regards to the difficulty of the content because i'm just fixating on the different assignments within Mm -hmm. different topics so it's the quantity of assignments for me that count so they can choose to do less and receive uh, grade that is yeah i mean not as high as it could be but if they go like full-fledged with a little bit of of extra um, because this is what i require them to practice statistics so Okay, mm.
0: so to recap and just to make sure that I understand uh, both of these points of view, um, uh, there are multiple assignments, so there are multiple tasks. Let's call them tasks rather than assignments, but uh, it's the same thing. Each assignment is pass fail. We both, we all agree on this. Yeah. Okay. Very good. And there are, for you, Vas, the number of tasks that a person completes is associated with the grade that they finish a course. Yeah. And in the definition that you offered, Laurent, it's um, bundles, what you called bundles, or what um, uh, the author of the book called bundles of assignments are Mm -hmm. associated with different grades. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me then offer you my understanding and see how we can explore this this topic a little bit uh, more. Usually, when I think about specification or when I describe specifications grading, I start. By talking about the traditional method of assessment. And in my understanding of the traditional method of assessment, all students are given a set of tasks, the same set of tasks, and those tasks can be an exam, it can be a written assignment, it can be a project that they have to complete, it can be a presentation, whatever those tasks are. Um, everybody has to do them, and each and the and those tasks are graded in some way, and they're graded usually by uh, deciding on the quote unquote quality of the answer that is given or the quality of the work that is given, defined through some kind of rubric. And there's a weight or a uh, weighted average of all of these tasks that determine your final grade. At the most basic format, there's a single exam, everybody does the same single exam. And how well you do in this exam determines your grade. In more complex systems, there might be an exam and an assignment and any combination of those things. And again, the the thing that defines this traditional method to me is that the manner in which or the quality in which um, a student uh, completes these tasks determines the grade that they receive. And therefore, a teacher, a grader, an examiner, m- makes a decision about the quality of an assignment or of, of an answer in an assignment. In the specification system, the method is a little bit different. Every grade is associated, every grade level, every numerical grade is associated with a set of tasks, what I think is called bundles in uh, your first definition, Laurent. Mm-hmm. Um, and these tasks may reflect something um uh, according to, the, to the, the teacher's decisions, and we'll get to that in a bit. And every student decides what kind of grade they want to aim for and go for, and then, by definition, decide which tasks that they have to take, because these are associated with different grades. Examiner, then, only decides whether student has met the objectives of this task pass-fail, as you said, or satisfactory or unsatisfactory. And if they do, they receive credits for this, and if they complete the task associated with 6, let's say, they get a 6. If they accomplish also the tasks associated with a 7, they get a 7, and so forth. Now, a deviation from my understanding of this, or my implementation of this, at least from uh, the, the, the previous two definitions is that typically the way I like to think about these tasks is that they're associated with different learning objectives. So rather than doing it so that a higher grade is purely associated with more work, it's usually work of a different kind of level. So in the course that Laurent and I teach, our grade six assignments are typically, let's say, comprehension lear- level uh, learning objectives. We have, um, we have a, an understanding of what we hope for somebody to achieve when they simply pass our course. This is the Mm -hmm. basic knowledge that we wish for our graduates of this course to have. And we come up with assignments that are associated with comprehension, with knowledge, information, that type of thing. Higher grades are associated with what we might want to call a deeper understanding. So we might ask our students to be critical of information rather than aware of information. We might want our students to be able to evaluate other students' work. We might ask our students to combine information from various levels and create new knowledge, etc., etc., etc. And this is sort of, for me, one of the great benefits and advantages of this. But that's uh, sort of my, not exactly definition, but my understanding and my general implementation of this system.
1: Great. I totally agree actually with it because this is how I build my own assignments to the extent possible. I just don't explicitly formulate it in this way uh, when I share this with my students. Why
0: is this the case?
1: Uh, (laughs) Because I inherited a course uh, that was already set up as specifications grading and since it seems that I will be taking it on next year too. I'm thinking of redoing some things. So this is another um, motivation for me to be here with you guys with the amount of experience you have to share to know the best practices, which is also you being the runner-ups for the Best uh, Practice Awards, so congratulations.
0: Thank you. I guess this is uh, also indeed uh, uh, the context in which we are doing this episode. We had planned, full disclosure, we had been planning this episode for months now and it's not uh, about the awards, but indeed it it is uh, coincidental to to the fact that... uh, this this course this this method of assessment has uh, won the runner-up prize for the university's uh, best teaching yeah. and learning award.
1: It's it actually very helpful for me too for those students who are complaining a bit uh, because of the amount of uh, different tasks they ha- they mm-hmm. have in front of them. That right now it's been acknowledged by the university as one of the best practices. So.
0: Hmm. We can point to that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. How many yeah. tasks do you have in your course, class?
1: Yeah. Uh, not many, to be honest. I reduced them to eleven per person, so this is very, very mm. little so compared that's to for the, the total
0: uh, total per person. Yeah. yeah. So that's and the uh, minimum that somebody has t- or can take.
1: Uh, the minimum for passing grade is uh, six, but there are different weight on different tasks. Mm. So there are, for example, they have to. Um, to pass at least one of the labs that is a little bit more extensive. Mm-hmm. So they, they cannot really ignore that one.
0: So actually, this also reminds me of another characteristic that I really want to uh, accentuate in this description. Just like traditional assessment methods being very, very diverse and having all kinds of implementations, it's the same thing with specifications grading. It's another way of thinking about um, different grade levels. But the types of tasks, the number of tasks, the way that um, these tasks are defined, uh, what is mandatory, what is not mandatory, all of this is entirely uh, open to interpretation. And I think this is also important to um, uh, remind teachers who might be interested in a system like this that there's a lot of flexibility or as much flexibility in this system as in other methods.
2: There's no right or wrong way to implement it in your course. You can tailor it to your specific yeah. course and content, of
0: course. Mm. Um, well, there's no overall right and e- wrong exactly. method. There yeah. are, uh, yeah, there there are, are d- good d- ways and bad ways to ex- implement ex- everything, yes. but indeed. Uh, d- depending on your expertise
2: and yeah. experience as, an, uh, as a lecturer. Yeah. I think one of the important aspects to mention as well is that's what people sometimes overlook when I explain the specification grading is that um, in order to get a, obtain a higher grade, so for, let's say, an eight in our course, Students need to complete every assignment or task associated with a six, a seven, and then an eight. It's not mm-hmm. an option for us in our course, at least, to just pick the bundle eight assignments. That's something it it builds up on one another. Another thing is what you mentioned: uh, learning outcomes already tells us where. It's not that specific bundles of tasks or assignments are associated with just a, s- a restricted set of learning outcomes within the course. Every mm. learning outcomes is in some way assessed by all bundles of assignments in the course. At least that's one of
3: the um, the ways I see it at this point. Oh, okay, so a different complexity level um, as you go on. Okay, yeah. instead of just a different... Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was going to... B- so I was curious as to your experiences with it. I, th- I think y- you know, Vasya already said you have you you have this one course, and you're going to build on that experience. Um, I don't know if you have any experience with it as a student or when you were a student. Not at all. No. Oh, okay. No. And generally, like, outside of the course that you give with Tasos, do you have any? What would what would you say is your general experience with um, with specifications grading when you think about it? Before I started teaching this course, basically zero.
2: Zero. The yeah. It's It's a relatively, I think, a relatively new Mm -hmm. way of looking at assessment.
0: Um, I wonder if that's true. Uh, Very often, it's certainly new in the modern era of education, I Mm -hmm. would say, but the idea of... um, um, uh, the idea that grades are associated with different tasks—I don't think it's a very new idea. I think the label now is relatively Certainly, new. Certainly, I, yeah.
2: I was a few weeks ago. I was in in Warsaw, uh, training a set of uh, a, a very nice group of uh, Polish lecturers, all from the over the country. Uh, they came to Warsaw to mm-hmm. to this uh, module that the University of Groningen provides here. Uh, one of the modules was specification grading, so I was training them and. During this this workshop, we already realized at the very start of them that uh, quite a few of these lecturers were actually implementing this type of assessment without ever heard be having heard of the
0: label specifications grading. So that also says quite a lot. I think it, indeed there's a there's a recent um, movement in higher education and education in general to to re frame how we understand grading and um, it is our aim actually to have an episode on on the topic of ungrading which is a more general umbrella term of um, of this kind of reframing so far um, maybe uh, you can tell me what you what you think of this system what what uh, does it spark joy
1: <laughs> <laughs> in us or in students well yeah. all of it yeah. what's
0: the difference
1: yeah that's quite for me, that are there is quite a lot of difference. Mm-hmm. So when I took over this course, I did not expect, well, I kind of expected, but I never experienced this amount of grading that I had to do. So this is um, a learning moment for me that I'm usually providing a lot of feedback in uh, whenever any assignment happens. But with this system, it's n- first, it's not always needed because mm-hmm. uh, you're just checking whether they passed or failed the number of tasks. And um, with the possibility of uh, revision that I include in every, in every assignment, because I work with not just pass fail, but also there there are two types of fails, two type of two types of passes for me. So there is like the, this um, system uh, that I borrowed from a colleague of mine. This is the uh, exemplary made specifications revision needed and not accessible so I'm not sure if you guys dealing with the same thing do you also have the uh, the like four letters for the nope.
0: no we tend not to our assignments mm-hmm. tend to be entirely pass fail uh, um, okay. and with the there's always a certain degree of flexibility. One of our assignments the highest level assignment has a two levels I suppose mm-hmm. um, um, an excellent and a past kind of um, level but there's always the ability to look at an assignment and, um, and perhaps decide that it has partially met the learning objectives or um, okay. something like this but these are exceptions rather than parts of the rule you
1: know. Yeah. so I kept this one so it actually simplifies grading uh, to, like to certain extent but on the other hand, I <laughs> kind of battle myself with not providing a very like lengthy feedback of guys. You should rewrite this piece of code. You should like reuse this part. So, uh, but on the other hand, I mean, this brings kind of like joy and stress to me. But on the other hand, I also see that some of the students uh, are really happy with this, and some of the students are really stressed with this because they're not used to this type of thinking, mm. and they are pushing themselves to the limit to get a 10 from the, I, they know the amount of things they need to do for a 10. And this is this, this is quite some effort, but they don't have to, and they're n- not ready to kind of let go. So this brings them to this kind of severe battling situation.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, before you started taking the, cu- or giving the course, were you aware of how much work it was going to be? Or did like did it really sink in, or did you really find that out when you actually started giving the course?
1: Well, I had a certain idea, but mm-hmm. I had no experience. So of course, I right now I know that I need to simplify certain uh, certain tasks. I need to provide more clear instructions mm-hmm. to certain things to let them be uh, less ambiguous because students are. I don't know, maybe this is just our type of cohort because it's liberal uh, arts mm. education and this is university college. So this is a little bit of different vibe happening there. Mm. So they are really eager to find any loopholes in any system rather than focusing on uh, really investing all that effort into completing the tasks. So mm. I. Is a, this is just a struggle that I'm having.
3: Yeah, I can imagine. I was actually interested in something you said because I, I wonder if this, like especially your course, mm, it, yeah, because you said there was stress, some of them. Yeah. But Then there's also that incentive to get a 10, you know? Yeah. And I'm thinking of my experience where getting a 10 is almost impossible for many assignments or courses. So if you get an eight already, it's very cool uh, with traditional grading. Yeah. But then if there's this possibility, I can imagine it's mm-hmm. like, oh, let me go for it, but how do I balance that with all the other coursework I have to do or, or whatnot? So I was one, uh, yeah, you, you maybe don't talk to each and every student about it, but um, I don't know if you can say any more about the, the stress levels or, and do you feel like it usually works as more as like an incentive for them to do more? Do you think they're actually doing more because of this or or, or do you not have any? I know?
1: see that they're doing more in general because mm. of these um, weekly uh, pieces of tasks that they have to deliver mm-hmm. uh, so rather that is a little quiz or little little assignment little like programming assignment uh they keep uh committing to the course so it's not like one moment of assessment so they d- i can build up uh from that knowledge and that's really really helpful so i do see that they acquire certain concepts i mean not all of them unfortunately but to a certain extent, um, and I do see them concentrated on the topic much more, even if they don't really fully commit or if they like stressing themselves out f- and committing to getting a ten. Yeah. There are several of those, but they do that in every course and they have extra language courses as I know, <laughs> so this is this is not particularly this particular my course as is, but just their mode of living yeah mm-hmm. but it yeah it's extra thin on top because yeah, exactly. i can compare it to a different type of course that i co-teach with a colleague of mine which is very different this is anthropology th- that one is anthropology where they write two essays and provide like one group project this is just really kindergarten stuff <laughs> compared to to statistics for them
3: yeah of course okay and and loud do you have a similar experience when you look at your course that you give yeah I absolutely loved it
2: <laughs> yeah in the last few years even though it was uh like fast said it's, it's quite stressful too mm-hmm. because I was also st- starting to teach this course I got dropped into a course I actually that is already there which is for me very convenient mm-hmm. I had to c- be acquainted with the material myself and then on top of that a new this novel way of assessing but I do quite like the challenge i do I love to do something new something rather innovative original something that's yeah, uh, out of the ordinary. What I love about it, the system is that the expectations are very clear, both for us and for students. At the start of the course, we have these specifications. We tell them what they need to do in order to pass each assignment or task. So at the very start, the, the expectations are there. They can ask questions about it. We can respond to it. We can clarify some things about it. Because you just mentioned about this 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 idea of obtaining a ten. In yeah. a when I was studying here psychology at this uh, department as well or in Groningen and this was Id- I indeed the idea like a, a ten is unobtainable mm. you can't get a ten. <laughs> and while I was gathering more experience about why that actually why that actually is and it, it, I, I mean you can of course get a 10 in an, in an, mm. let's say a quiz or a multiple choice exam that's possible but writing an essay or a thesis project that is a 10 is very mm. very very unique. Um in this system, these specifications for that are rather clear. It's it's much more uh, obtainable and accessible for students. Secondly, what I love about this system is the, um, one of the inherent aspects of specifications grading is that it is also, like you said, is there's a certain level of continuous engagement, continuous assessment during the block for students to obtain the points or complete the tasks. and. By doing so, us as lecturers, we have a much better picture of what is happening. Mm. We can steer a bit more, we can ask for feedback, we can, c- again, if there's need for clarification with the content, it's, it's very easy to for us to, to adapt to that. Um, whereas with a, let's say, a traditional exam, I'm doing quotations mark mm-hmm. now, um, a lot of the work is... Behind the scenes, we d- we don't see the studying happening. We don't see the work happening from students, and this is one way of making that a bit more clear and approachable, and and not only for us but also for students mm-hmm. in between, so they can learn from each other a bit or yeah. they can provide each other feedback. And that's one of the aspects I love about this system. It's it's it really forces forces sounds a bit heavy, but it, it helps them with continuous engagement yeah, in the right. course. Yeah,
1: based on that, just a little addition instead of checking on them like testing them in one particular single moment that something could go wrong mm-hmm. with regards to stress to I mean workload to being sick uh, you spread it throughout the whole course so instead of one moment of time for the uh, exam that is usually the heaviest part of the course you have this like little things throughout the course so you' are kind of spreading this stress level yeah ideally throughout the whole course that's actually very helpful.
3: Yeah, because I was gonna um, take what you said earlier about the stress they might experience and ask Loudon to view if he's also seen them be stressed because of it. But then, interestingly enough, you just mentioned that by spreading it out, maybe that helps them. So I don't know if you've had many conversations, Loudon, with specific students or a group of students about it, but do you feel like they're very receptive and they they like the spread of uh, tasks uh, throughout the course?
2: Yes, and... No. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I think we need to understand more about who our students are, because there's a very big group that really love this way of assessing that's this approach to the course. It's embedded in a certain teaching style, pedagogical style, but there's also a group, and uh, based on the feedback I just read uh, about this assessment system, it's uh, about 80%, 20% percent, percent that has a favorable opinion on this kind of assessment mm-hmm. as opposed to having an essay at the end or a multiple choice exam the reasons for it are uh, varied they, uh, some of them say uh, if i had a regular exam i would obtain a higher grade this sounded like more work to do more mm-hmm. work to put in whereas others said yeah, i really love this system because it forced me to really engage with the course and i could see that the the workload is manageable so you could break it down in smaller tasks and you can build up and you can say at one point i have enough i know enough i'll take an eight for this course for example but yes the, the stress component <laughs> uh, i think you've mentioned you have 11 assignments uh, of us i think yeah. we have I thought was 18 or 19 assignments something like something that. like, like that yeah so that's the amount of deadlines that we have to in some way implement in the course and Again, reading through the feedback, a lot of the feedback points are about the amount of deadlines, which is also inherent to this way of, of assessing, and that creates some stress. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if it's more stress or less stress than compared to r- a regular exam, yeah. but it does have uh, it does require a um, good ag- ag- agenda keeping. For <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> about yeah. to say, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a
1: good point for kind of. Making them responsible for their own grades, you know, mm-hmm. so teaching them the taking their responsibility for their decisions.
0: Yeah, so maybe I can add a couple of things to the things that you've been saying from the perspective that um, I've experienced for the last few years. In terms of this question about stress, I think I mirror what both Vass and Lauren say that there is, at the very least, a perception of higher stress in something like this at least in the very beginning when you're faced with the complexity of this system especially when you have a lot of assignments and many 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 deadlines the the first feeling is that there's a lot of stuff to do but the only thing that is well not the only the the thing that makes this stressful is the nature of specifying what this work is if i were to tell my group of students or if I were to specify in my course what reading and what learning they would have to do for an exam, a final exam, it would be basically the same tasks. It would be that every Tuesday you have to read these two chapters, that you have to take notes, that you have to attend the lecture, that you have to think critically about certain things, that you should try to make connections with uh, the material, etc., what we do is we lay the process bare. I think somebody described it as making it very clear from the beginning. And I think this knowledge, this understanding of the complexity of the task that somebody has to do to master a certain skill, a certain topic, is itself a little bit um, stressful. It it makes you face the problem head-on and very, very clearly, without any masking. Indeed, there are, uh, in my experience of, um, of with this course, uh, there are some students who don't really like the system because indeed they can do better with an exam. They can work less and obtain higher grades, and in fact, not just in these ways. It's better for them because um, already they have a very good structure in their in their learning, and they are better off doing it on their own. I think I concede that for students like this, this might not be the most uh, efficient way of or effective way of um, structuring learning and assessment. The majority of the students, on the other hand, feel very empowered by the fact that they can make decisions about how much to engage in a course, in what way to engage with a course. Uh, this needs to be matched with good quality assignments, assignments that are authentic in the in the link between assessment and learning objectives, that they really need to assess these things. They should not be seen as hoops to go through, but actual learning exercises. This is how we generally look at the assignments or the tasks that our students have to do in this course. They are themselves the task that one goes through to learn. And this is important for me, this, this intimate matching of learning and assessment as one thing is, I think, a very core value. The other thing I wanted to say is that this, these ideas of continuous assessment but also this idea that assessment and learning are intimately connected, this is not exclusive or, or inherent just to specifications grading. You can just as well do continuous assessment and a very good coupling of assessment and learning with traditional methods of assessment where the, you know the, the quality of the work is associated with different grades maybe to also to provide a little bit more background. Indeed, it is an awful lot of work. It is a lot more work than providing an exam. But let's also be clear what we mean by this. This has nothing to do with specifications grading, but with the assignments that we choose for the specifications grading. You can just as well have fully automated specifications grading if your assignments are automatically graded. If all of the assignments are multiple choice questions, it's zero work. In the same way that a traditional exam, if it's multiple choice, is zero additional grading work. If, however, your traditional ex- exam or your specification grading includes um, essays to write, self reflections to write, videos to produce, podcasts to produce, all of these things, then somebody needs to go through these uh, assignments and grade them. So, again, the grading is the amount of work related to grading is. Dependent on the type of assignment that is chosen for this system, and to go back to this background that I, I was uh, talking about, the the reason why I I I devised this particular uh, s- method of assessment for this course is because four years ago, whenever the the first year of the pandemic was um, um, uh, was very uh, was with us, um, there was a need for. Assessment methods that were not online exams which have validity issues but were also graded assessment, assessment that wasn't simply a pass-fail yes you passed this course, no you failed this course because indeed the cohorts during that time were worried about having a transcript full of pass-fail uh, and no distinguishing grades and we can talk about grading and whether classification is a good thing or not in another episode. And uh, during that time, it was, I considered doing assignments, normal, uh, traditional assignments, and calculated that this would require about four and a half continuous weeks of work assessing these assignments with the number of students that we had, which clearly is impossible. Because with a traditional system, even if it's just a single essay, you need to take time to really understand where this answer to this question fits in your grading rubric. And that is not a simple task, even if you have a well-specified rubric. The advantage of specifications grading is that every graded task is simply a decision of has or does this answer meet the requirements that have been preset. And if it does, it's a tick. And if it's a 1,500-word essay, which is one of our assignments, it takes me approximately 10 minutes to decide this. On odd occasions, if I'm really borderline, it might take me a little bit more time to consider this in depth, but in the vast majority of cases, within 5 or 10 minutes, I can make a decision whether an essay that will get awarded with a 10 should be awarded with the 10. Hmm. Because all I have to decide is whether this student has done the task that is needed of them. And if they have, then they've met the learning objectives. And if they have met the learning objectives, then they deserve the grade. And it's as simple as this for me. That if you specify your criteria well, all you have to do is allow the students to go through this process. And the students who go through this process get their ticks. And in that respect, specifications grading is a lot less work. It's just much more complex work. Or the level of assessment and the level of assignment is much more complex than traditional exams. So... Apples to apples, I would say specifications grading is less work for the teacher. But apples to oranges, so assignments versus exam, then the exam is certainly a lot more efficient. And on top of that, I what I like about this method is also that uh, you
2: mentioned already, us that the, the quality of the assignments, the higher you go sort of in this in this grading pyramid, or the more complex assignments or tasks they need to complete, fewer students will submit them, but those who submitted it are probably more motivated so the quality of work increases even though there's fewer assignments at least that's for me now my perspective while grading the last few weeks i saw a lot of high quality work mm-hmm. yeah. and the higher we went i haven't checked uh, the essays like has uh, already said i haven't checked them yet but i do expect a high quality of work, as as opposed to having all 350 students, 300 students submit an essay with various levels of motivation. And And let me also
0: interject here that it's not just a matter of motivation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everybody's lives is extremely complex right now, not just because of the recent pandemic, but in general. Life Mm -hmm. is a complex thing to navigate. And one level that determines how well you do in a course or in your studies in general is how motivated you are but also there's all kinds of other socioeconomic circumstances that determine this. I have a lot of students, we have, we all have a lot of students who have to work for a living next Mm -hmm. to their studies. I have to take this into consideration, and the thing I like about specifications grading is it allows students to take this into consideration and have a clear expectation about what kind of work they will do through the semester, how they will engage with a course, etc. And in terms of stress for students... It is s- stress is inherent, or uh, a certain amount of anxiety is inherent in the, in the act of making decisions in your life. And the fact that these decisions in specification grading are, are laid bare, they are very obvious in front of you, you have to actively choose these things, is in fact, in some ways, confrontational. Mm-hmm. You have to make a choice to go for a six, rather than, well, it wasn't my exam. You have to make a decision to go for a 10 and realize the amount of work that it requires to master a certain skill. And that itself is a confrontational decision. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to also make confrontations about are these skills that are relevant to me, useful to me? Is this grade necessary for me? Do I want this grade for one reason or another reason? And are these tasks things that I am able to accomplish in the particular context that uh, I'm in? All of these things are, are difficult questions. This is not a, this is not a, this is not a simple thing that we're <laughs> dealing with higher education and the fact that we're, we're doing this all obviously with the specifications grading is the thing I think that makes everybody slightly uncomfortable about it. But again, hundreds of comments that I've seen on the positive side, this is an empowering experience for students. On the negative side, is that it is confrontational. It is Mm -hmm. a lot of work. It is certainly more work than studying for your average exam. So personal
1: growth as well.
0: A lot Mm -hmm. of personal growth. Yeah, Yeah. no, remarkable. And the scaffolding that you're able to achieve in the design of your courses through specifications grading, again, not exclusive to specifications grading, but specifications grading sort of requires this in the first place. Um, It allows you to create opportunities and structures for students to not only um, grow in a particular skill, in a particular topic, but also to very, very clearly see this growth. In an exam, you may have grown your understanding in equal amounts. I I would possibly guess that this isn't necessarily the case, but even if it were in equal amounts, it's invisible. And I think this is something that is not only empowering for students, it's also extremely rewarding. We have been, in the last 10 days, I've been looking at exit assignments from um, 50 or 60 students in the course. And one of the things that I constantly found myself looking at is that every single one of them commented on their own growth in understanding something and not just a linear growth, it's a, it's a messy growth. Growth is a messy thing yeah. that in the beginning you come in thinking, nah, I don't ke- really care about this, and then you discover your interest, and then you discover your despair, and then you struggle through it. All of these uh, matters are, um, it, I mean, for me as, a, as an educator, this has been the most rewarding period of my career to engage with students journeys and uh, work so much Mm. it's it's a it's an awful lot of work (laughs) but it's it's by far the most rewarding experience i've had in my career
3: can you imagine i was to go back a bit for the last question about the students because since you give the same course but then to different cohorts so dutch and international students i was going to ask if you see a difference when you talk about it because of course they come from different backgrounds uh-huh. uh, i think tahsis already touched on it that maybe a lot of them have to work because i from my experience Dutch students don't always work um, next to the study or they might work less than some international students have to so i do wonder if that plays into since we have two people from the same course here if that plays into what you see from students um within the course
2: absolutely yeah first mm-hmm. of all i want to corroborate what does what already said is this this Exit ticket that you said is mm. like a reflection assignment at the end of the, the course. When students pick the six assignments, they exit the course with a short uh, self reflection assignments. And I'm reading through them. I have quite a few more than the 50 or 60 dozen sets, which uh, answers mm. part of your question already. Mm. I have about 150 or 160, uh, w- which is the amount of students that exit the course with a six. Um, reading through them, the 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 reflections are just fantastic really really because we asked them to pick a topic out of the whole course and reflect on their own understanding and how they think or perceive the discussion in the scientific field the community is going to develop or evolve all the way what i love so far is that re- by reading through about s- s- 70 or 80 that there are so many different topics that students picked up on upon and that mm-hmm. is really rewarding for us as well. There's not just one topic that stood out or m- two topics that stood out, but they picked a large variety of different topics, discussions within the scientific uh, community or world. Um, that being said, it's about the, the, the study culture. We teach different cohorts. Yes, so mm-hmm. the Dutch one and an international one. Last year we saw already that there's the distribution of grades, so the distribution of the amount of students that's Exit with a six, a seven, an eight, or a nine slash ten. If you compare the
3: two cohorts, there's a big difference. Mm. There's a very, very big difference. I guess m- that's my own bias. I expect international students to be a bit more ambitious, but I don't know if that's correct. <laughs> if uh, I, w- I wouldn't phrase it as ambitious, but mm. I think the
2: culture, the study culture within mm. the international cohort might be a bit more driven towards obtaining the highest grade possible. Mm. Whereas, indeed, a lot of Dutch students, in the Dutch court at least, they are perhaps more driven towards getting a pass. Hmm. And this is a broad generalization. The reasons for it might be very, very, as mentioned already, a lot of students has have to work on the side. They have to obtain an income to pay their rent, to pay the grosses. We have massive inflation at the moment. They have uh, caretaking duties. They have uh, all, all kinds of personal things to deal with. They uh, have a full-time job on the side. Uh, you know, there's. We have a, l- a big variety of students here, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure what kind of conclusions we can dr- and derive from it yet. To look at just the distributions and say, okay, d- this cohort does it different than that one. We need to investigate more mm-hmm. why that is. But indeed, the um, about m- fifty or sixty percent of the Dutch students, maybe even more, exit the course with a six, no. yeah. and that's perfectly fine with me. I'm, I'm hmm. There's no judgment here. It's, uh,
0: no, I think it's fair to say that this difference between the two cohorts was uh, partly a bit of a surprise to to both of us. But in hindsight, not I suppose a huge surprise. I think it's 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 not uncommon to talk about um, um, uh, the education in in the in the Dutch system as being uh, largely motivated by by passing. Yeah, I have no, no judgment on whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. One thing I can say is that I've noticed that even though, as Lauren says, uh, a, var- a, a much larger proportion of students in the Dutch cohort aim for a sixth and higher grades compared to the international cohort, the degree of engagement that the entire group exhibits doesn't seem that different to me don't seem to be less motivated to answer our weekly uh, interactions and q a's they don't mm. seem to be less motivated to think about the the topics but they certainly less grade oriented mm-hmm. and you know mm. we can make all kinds of things out of that whether um one is more desirable or the other or not at all again as, as an educator, what I care about is cr- providing good conditions for students to make decisions about mm-hmm. their own yeah. learning, and from that point of view, it's, it's not the most important thing for me. I guess what is important is to decide, am I satisfied with what somebody accomplishes when they pass my course with a six? And invariably, every year we think about this, the answer is yes. Actually, I think we're happy with the kind of tasks that we ask them to do pass this course and if they choose to pass the course this is perfectly fine with us but mm. big differences again the specification aspect confronts you with people's decisions mm-hmm. actively these are active rather than passive decisions mm-hmm. there's always been a difference in the grade average the uh, in different cohorts and this grade average is even larger but clear mm.
3: I was curious, Tassos, because you've given this course for a while now. Um, I think this can go into maybe what works and what doesn't work when it comes to specifications grading. And I think throughout the conversation, we've mentioned a few things maybe that might um, tie into that. But I don't know if we – maybe we can start broadly by saying um, – maybe talk a bit about why a a different – another professor or a teacher – when, when they should implement um, some form of specifications grading and when not? Do, do you think there are any general things that we can mention, or yeah, it's on a case by case basis?
2: I think for me personally, it, it really depends. Um, I would advise to become, to master your own course first, the content wise, have enough experience, understanding the, 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 the students, understanding the student cohort, before really trying to overhaul or innovate your entire assessment methods because if you still have to you know master your own mm, field or, or the course itself like you said th- uh, was yeah. this course was dropped on me and <laughs> then
1: yeah then it becomes a lot of a lot of stress for yourself exactly. because because yeah. you're managing the system at the same time you're managing the content
2: hmm. yeah. yeah similarly we also work for example now with uh, with a new learning management system well, that's something mm-hmm. that adds on top of all the uh, extra aspects of a course and these are Topics that are uh, sometimes a bit overlooked, but it it does require a lot of experience and knowledge and understanding to understand what the system is able to offer you before you can move on.
1: uh, On the other hand, uh, even though I started the course with the system at the same time, it's been a lot of work, but at the same time, I see that this is more efficient, at least for this type of course, for Mm. this type of cohort, even though some of them... um, share that they're very stressed with the amount of deadlines um that they're not really used to this amount of deadlines and these kind of things but given the nature of a very abstract thinking that they have not acquired yet uh, statistics uh i see how efficient the specifications grading is for for this type of things because of this continuous assessment and smaller tasks mm-hmm. because they do acquire even if they don't commit to getting a 10 if they commit even just to passing grade uh, f- to a passing grade they do acquire much more than they could have uh, otherwise hmm because they have to ask questions they have to engage they have to kind of be present and uh, those who are going for passing grade shared with me that this is like a gamified experience and they Mm. kind of i mean it's difficult but they kind of like this aspect because i also use the tokens to simplify the the system for extensions because all the emails with, uh, I don't know, dying cats, eating uh, homeworks, and everything. It's the, the first years, uh, yeah. so they they st- like coming from uh, high school, uh, mm. not that far uh, ago. Yeah. Uh, so all of these things can be managed with a token system, so to make it a fair play for everyone. So C- they can, you can you
2: explain can a bit more about this token system? You don't have token system. We don't have it at the moment. Mm. All right. I mean, well <laughs> Yeah. Bare bones version, but I'm very curious about your version actually.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean this is not my version, this is the one that I ha- inherited, but I do have three tokens that kind of I will uh, really rethink the system whether this is too many tokens for them for this amount of assignments because before there was like 28 assignments uh, originally.
0: Tokens, just to specify, are yeah. like get out of jail free yes. cards. Yes. Basically so if, you, if you don't manage a task that's one of your lives gone?
1: Uh, (laughs) Well, uh, in my course, it's a little bit more complex Mm -hmm. uh, because I have these four types of grades. So it's not just pass-fail. So there are two types of passes that they need to uh, demonstrate that they have acquired. So it's not just submitting a cat meme to me. Mm, (laughs) Like some of them do sometimes. (laughs) I mean, I appreciate the the, the laughter, but I cannot assess that. So that's an N, so not assessable. But then if they did something, but below the certain percentage of um, the ta- like subtasks within a task, I grant them a, a revision, and from that they can convert it to a passing rate. So they need to demonstrate that they put some effort into the task, mm. and uh, that's why they have tokens. And another thing with a token that they can uh, get themselves an extension for whatever reason, I mean, if they want to travel, if there is something happened in the family, if they just got sick, they can get like a week free uh, extension by using a token. So simple as that. And I don't have to think whether I'm allowed to grant an extension or not, Mm. whether I have to consult with a student advisor or not, uh, whether this case of extension is, yeah, they know it from the day one that they have these three opportunities to to do so.
2: And how do they trade in these tokens?
1: Oh well, they they try to find the most efficient strategy, and this is this is what becomes a little bit like stressful for me because they approach me. What would be the most beneficial way of <laughs> doing that? Because if they retain the f- like three tokens by the end of the uh-huh. course, they have a boost at their uh-huh. final grade. Uh, and then uh for example if they already had like a great 10 and they have three tokens this is something that i don't know how to acknowledge because then there is no boost possible um, um, and i can't of really chocolates? yeah <laughs> yeah so so th- this is the the idea so i'm currently grading the their assignments so and i know that at least one person whom i fully graded uh actually yeah uh, deserves something Mm. I,
2: I, I love hearing about these these kind of uh, yeah very interesting mm. o- original original so- t- t- uh, token systems. I'm curious how you want to mm. develop it in the next years. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to reconsider the the, the weights and their um, effect on the grade uh, to see how efficient it actually is. To because students try students try to find a loophole with a with a token and uh, just to I don't know streamline it a a bit better but Mm. i do like uh giving them this freedom of um yeah kind of having a safe haven so for example if they got sick if they have to travel if something happens uh, this allows them this uh free free life free extension
3: yeah I think it's great because actually we might talk about that in a f- another podcast about the mental health aspect of being a student or maybe any PhD student and professor we will, will, will have to see how we, um, we, we formulate that but what I do hear from a lot of students is that the step to even like go to the student advisor or go to the mm-hmm. professor is very big sometimes so I think for them like if they can just not do it and know that like oh I have yeah. in this case like a token that would be very helpful so the broader there really, at least personally like I really like that that's um a thing, at least that you're um in your yeah. course.
1: That that's mm-hmm. why I introduced it, because I know that statistics mm-hmm. has always been a difficult course for this type of program. So it was always stressful, mm-hmm. independently of the type of the system.
3: Yeah. Okay.
1: So yeah, Not but theory. this is also like another gamified experience mm-hmm. for them in the course that they actually do like.
3: Yeah. Oh, okay. I did have one question I wanted to just ask before we maybe continue, but um, it's going back to something we were talking about earlier about like the, the the culture around like tens and and whether you can get a 10 if it's attainable. And I was just thinking about something a professor told me a while back, which is, you know, they don't feel like they should be tell you what the criteria for a 10 is. Like a 10 is something, so it's supposed to be something that comes from the student. You do something excellent on your own and therefore you you almost never get it, and when you do get that 9 or a 10, it's something special. And then we're talking with specifications grading where you make it very explicit mm-hmm. what you do to get that 10.
0: You know, yeah. the answer I have to these things <laughs> is I'd love to know whether these are the same professors who are unhappy about the vagueness of criteria that they have in their own promotions. Mm. This, to me, feels always like a cop-out. Mm. If, if you want to... If, it, if, if some kind of learning, if some kind of task is part of your course, you should understand what this is. You should not magically make students or anybody else jump through hoops that you don't specify until they discover it for themselves. Mm-hmm. It is possible to give students flexibility and give students um, uh, the ability to innovate and surprise you and surprise themselves and still have clear criteria. Mm-hmm. If we, as we were preparing for this uh, episode, uh, Malcolm, you also talked about bias. The, for me, one of the best ways to overcome bias mm-hmm. is to reflect very, very clearly and understand what it is that you want your students to accomplish, and be varied in this. Be varied in your understanding, and accept that um, an excellent performer in whatever I don't want to say student and somebody who performs excellently can manifest this excellence in a variety of ways mm. and it's your damn duty to understand what this variety of excellent ways to be are rather than say well here i am impress <laughs> me this isn't uh, america got talent where you're you uh, know yeah. you're soliciting um new performance this is this is a place in which we are creating structures for students to learn and to grow. That's what we should be thinking about. I That's agree. why we
1: do have learning outcomes and learning goals, right? So mm. otherwise, why would we even have a 10, to be honest? If we never ever use it.
3: No, I agree. It's just that I think even um, when I was in high school, that was, that was the culture. It was really like 8s are attainable if you put in the work but a nine that's that's when you're doing something great on your own and a 10 is like Mm -hmm. basically what i just said so i find i actually find it very great to hear that these things exist like you know specifications and ground grading exist that there's a name for it as well um and that's why i wanted to touch on it because i feel like it's it's so accepted as well um at least at least um uh, when i d- when I think of Dutch students and my experiences with it so I just wanted to touch on it
0: mm. i think it 's just a poor way of dealing with a real problem the real problem mm. being inflation's inflation of uh, rewards or grades or whatever it is that we 're talking about at any given time which is a real issue mm-hmm. we have uh, but the the source of this isn 't that yeah the source of this is the fact that our assessment methods aren 't uh, specific enough or clear enough to differentiate between meaningfully real levels of performance if that's what it is that we want to to assess. Uh, and instead our exams are very very easy uh, and all kinds of other things or not differentiating enough, etc. So we try to address this by being very vague with our high level grades or our te- or our tens or our nines, whatever it is to give us the flexibility to, you know, control inflation of grades. I don't think there's anything else to it than that. Let me... um, I think we've already uh, touched upon this. I wanted to sort of um, head towards an end by asking you, all of you, uh, for that matter, for some advice either to teachers who are interested in dabbling with the topic of specifications grading, and already we touched upon this, or perhaps even advice to students who are in a course that involves specifications grading, especially the kind of crazy constructions that uh, um, uh, the three of us uh, have in our courses, the, the complexity th- and uh, number of tasks that um, students have to do. Let's do let's do a quick round. L- I'll start with Laurent. Advice, I- and you can choose if it's for a teacher or a student or both.
2: Uh, for students, I think we also address it at the very lecture at the start of the course already. We have a, a set of tips and, and, and tricks for them. Uh, I, I don't know them by the top of my head now, but it does require a uh, structure, obviously. You need to have a good ag- agenda keeping to obtain the the, the deadli- deadlines, but that's more superficial, uh, superficial uh, logistics. I think the advice would be to also to try and, and be honest towards yourself as a student. Be honest about what you want to obtain in this specific course. We understand that in our course, we Regis, Regis Methods, uh, that out of the 650, 700 students, a, a very small fraction would continue to work in academia or in science or obtain a PhD for that matter. So we do know that uh, the large majority of our students will not continue there. And that is something that they can hopefully figure out during the course and hopefully they find some spark, they find some interest, they find Mm -hmm. some motivation or they realize indeed that this topic is not for them. It doesn't mean that they should not learn anything, that they will definitely learn (laughs) a lot of things that they can also apply outside of uh, academia, outside of the the course itself. But then the advice would be indeed to try to uh, be honest towards yourself as a student. So what do you want to do here? Why did you choose to su- study psychology why did you choose to study at the university mm. and this system helps them in a way to yeah make those choices
1: mm. First, yeah um, I don't know to whom to whom I should give an advice uh, because there are like multiple things that I experienced uh, firsthand hands uh, being kind of put inside the system uh, mm. just as a freshman, practically, but as an instructor. So I'll probably give uh, an advice to an instructors, just uh, for those who have to face this. Uh, be very, very clear about uh, your learning outcomes and the structure of the assignments. What you want to achieve with every assignment that you give, every task that you give, and what is the basic uh things you want them to get from the course and what is the advanced things you want uh, to get from the course and from that particular point you can start thinking of specifications grading because this is actually very helpful so to define the basic stuff uh, and stuff that you can build from Hmm. Uh, with regards to the amount of assignments with regards to the type of assignments i think there is a lot of flexibility and a lot of freedom and uh, this freedom comes in like both ways for you to create something and for students to decide where they would like to engage with because for example in my course I have two types of homeworks one is numerical literacy when they get a plot and they have to reflect on this and to demonstrate that they understand what's happening and this is just a reflection it's like a little essay and another one is a programming part. And uh, they both n- needs to be um, done to get uh, an excellent t- to the exemplary grade uh, in full, but you still can navigate whether you would like to uh, take like less programming side or like more programming side to uh, get a passing grade. So um, just having this idea of keeping the freedom, for both you and uh, students is uh, really something that is very helpful for you to engage students with uh, with your ma- with the material. So, mm-hmm. some potential advice to keep <laughs> that in mind, mm-hmm. but also be very very clear and consistent mm. uh, with uh, the way you grade, with the way uh, what happens if they do not meet the deadline, because there will be a lot of. Uh, confrontation whether they can get an exception whether they can get like something else and if it's very clear from the d1 then you yeah it's a easier for you for for them Mm -hmm. it's a fair play
0: Uh, Uh and all of the advice that um uh, laurent and vas has given have given so far i i will echo and amplify i would say uh, um indeed talk to your students very, very frequently, be supportive, be there with them, not just for them, be there with them, Uh, share your experiences and um, accept their struggles, Um, um, share your own struggles. If you're interested in um, um, trying out specifications grading, I think I maybe have two, two things to say. First, uh, don't be afraid of it, but be very, very respectful of the complexity that it involves. It's not, it's not easy. It requires a huge amount of commitment from both sides. It's very rewarding if you put in this commitment, but wi- it will take a lot of your being during the time of the course. Um, for students, everything that you said um, is true. Be honest. Um, be practical. Um, I would say the, the most basic avi- advice I can give is devote a certain period of time every week that you deal with that particular course and whatever assignments exist for that course, and that's it. You're done for the week. In fact, with that part of the course, you're done for the entire course. You don't have to revise again. And the final thing I was going to say is uh, talk to people. If you need mm-hmm. advice on how to think about this, write to us, and uh, we'll be very happy to talk with you about our experiences, what we think is good, give you advice, and all of this. And uh, we'll include some links to the book that Laurent mentioned and some other resources that people can find online about how to approach this, how to think about the token system, how to think about the types of assignments, um, think about deadlines and all of this. Um, But it's... um, it's an it's an interesting system and the context in which it's applied needs to be considered carefully Mm -hmm. but if it is it can be it can be a notch above a lot of other ways of uh, assessing knowledge
3: Mm. this was very educational for me as well so (laughs) i'm going to take it with me into my career for sure because i hope to work in schools thinking about curricula because of course there's one course but then you also have to balance this with other courses, yeah. other subjects, if you're dealing with the high school even. So I think this is something to consider if you implement... Um,
1: yeah, and it's very easy to gamify.
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: which is always, I mean, to me, very yeah, cool. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
2: well... And uh, very context-dependent, mm-hmm. as I said. It's really important to look carefully at the whole curriculum, where yeah. you are teaching, yeah. what are students going through at this particular semester or the whole block, where are they at this point and where can you meet them? I think that's a very important um, topic to to understand before you start with this specification grading. Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely.
2: Yeah, so I think, oh. Seven. I have one last thing that I wanted to mention actually, <laughs> is that we do n- we should not forget that we both use, we don't use, we have the assistance of student assistants in this course. Mm. And that's a very big point, and mm-hmm. we are very grateful for them for all the work that they uh, support us with, also with the grading, but also the mental support, cheering, of <laughs> course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's because uh, yeah. it
3: would be too much on your own, of course. Maybe, yeah, yeah.
2: I can imagine.
1: Yeah, I also have a s- student assistant, <laughs> but given the system, it's actually uh, very clear for them how to work with uh, with assignments, how yeah. to work with the students. So this is
2: and ask very them for helpful. feedback as well. And that's yeah. uh, that's been fantastic. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah.
3: Thank you, um, thank you for joining us. That's uh, we always are very grateful when um, people make time thank to you sit for and invitation. talk invitation <laughs> Of course, it was a pleasure. Okay, well, thank you. That's been another episode of the Degrees of um, Freedom podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.
0: This podcast was a production of the University of Groningen.